Welcome everyone to the new episode of the Truth and Rally Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Roman, reporting in the middle of nowhere. And ladies and gentlemen, the NFL preseason is over. Teams have to reduce their one 90-man roster into 53 players. They could trade them, they release them, they could put them in injured reserves, they could do whatever they want, but they have to get down to 53 players. So will there be any trades? Will we see former All-Pro or Pro Bowl players be released? Do the Eagles trade or hold on to Joe Flacco? Will the Bears hold on to or trade Nick Foles? Which teams will suffer in the beginning of the season due to injuries or uh, some, some kind of suspension? This past weekend, the Eagles did an interesting trade. They traded for Gardner Minshew, who was the former starter of the Jaguars, for draft picks. Which was an interesting move, considering that the Eagles have Joe Flacco. That's why I was mentioning, will they hold on to Joe Flacco? Because now they have Gardner Minshew, these players are second and third string quarterback. I mean, these guys, one of these guys is a third string quarterback. I mean, obviously making this move, the Eagles are saying that Joe Flacco is not the ideal backup quarterback for J Jalen Hurts. And that Gardner Minshew may be that guy. Well, to a certain extent, that makes sense. Gardner Minshew can, is similar in Jalen Hurts that he can expand plays with his legs. Where Joe Flacco will depend more on a good offensive line in order for him to do a good job. So I kind of get in that point. Because when you set up for an offensive line, I maybe I'm just wrong and being you know uh, inexperienced here. But long story short, it's an interesting move, and will he hold on to him? Listen, ladies and gentlemen, Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl with the Ravens, and yet in the tail end of his career, he's just a backup. Last week I talked about. Justin Fields and Andy Dalton. Who starts for the Chicago Bears? Does Justin Fields start for the Chicago Bears just because he's having a great preseason? Or do the Bears, which they did, have Andy Dalton start because they promised him? I talked about that last podcast, but I neglected and didn't even respond and say, mention one name in the Chicago Bears. One name. Nick Foles, ladies and gentlemen. Him, like Joe Flacco, won a Super Bowl with the Philadelphia Eagles. Amazing how he is the odd man out. It is weird that he may enter the season as a third-string quarterback. Crazy. Like I said, do they get released? Do they get traded? The Lions need a, need a good backup. The Jets need a good backup. The Bengals, hell, the Texans need a quarterback because Ty Tyler... Terry Tyler probably seen his name wrong. Whatever. He is the starting quarterback because Deshaun Watson is, is, is going to get no love with the Texans. It was even said up to less than a week ago that the Wash that the Texans were probably going to trade him to Miami because of whatever, you know, because of whatever uh, tra uh draft prospects that the that the Dolphins have. But they're still on the team. I'll, I'll elaborate that later on. We'll see what happens. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, new week, new division to discuss and preview and make predictions. So this week, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be talking about the AFC Western division. 
the division that's probably most interesting in the AFC Conference. Why? Well, every team, in my opinion, looks to be a team that could be at 500 or better. Crazy. Not one team looks like it's going to be top 10 worst team in the NFL this upcoming season. Of course, the Chiefs are elite and most likely will be most likely our best in the division. On top of that, they're probably one of the teams that's most likely with the highest chances of making it to the AFC Conference and even going to the Super Bowls. While the other teams in the division look like they're just wild card playoff teams. Like every other week, I, uh, when I'm previewing and predicting the season, I'll be talking about the last, the team that I feel is going to be in last place to the team that's potentially going to be in first place. So, ladies and gentlemen, the Broncos. The Broncos got Terry Bridgewater. It kind of made it seem like they wanted to put pressure on Drew Luck. I think it worked. But in my opinion, I will go with uh, Terry Bridgewater just because he had a better season. And I would rather have him over Drew Luck, if that, in my opinion. They want to see if a guy like Jerry Drudy had, uh, has an amazing second year. He wasn't a 1,000-yard receiving or uh, wide receiver last year. They want to see if he could become that this upcoming season. The thing that's the biggest strength with the Broncos this upcoming season is the defense. Ron Miller is back. And him and Chubb make a great one-two elite tandem for this defense. Two guys who could be a dynamic force. That you can't double team Von Miller and then leave Chubb open. You can't double team Chubb and leave Von Miller open. So it's going to be interesting to see what those two guys do together. But besides that, they added guys like Ronald Darby. They drafted guys like uh, Pat Sertan the second. They added guys like Kyle Fuller. Which makes this defense, uh, makes the secondary look elite. This is an elite secondary with an elite tandem one-two punch with Chubb and Von Miller. So the question of the day is, do, those, do these guys stay healthy? And does this great defense help this team be subpar and potentially be a 9-8 and eight team with a chance of being one of the teams fighting for a playoff spot? And it always seems, ladies and gentlemen, you know, 9-8 and eight is 500. But in the AFC, it always seems that the teams have to do better than just borderline. Last season, I think the both teams that were the wild card were eleven and five. They weren't nine and seven. They weren't eight and eight. They weren't seven and nine like the Washington team was to, in, in order to win the AFC East. They were eleven and five. But nine and eight, you never know. Different season, different um, different possibilities could happen. Bearing in injuries, I see this team as a nine and eight team. Improving and definitely battling for a wild card spot. So on to the third place team, a team that was eight and eight last season. Well, they traded two guys, traded slash released two guys in Hudson and Jackson. Hudson went to uh, Arizona Cardinals, while Jackson went to Seattle Seahawks. They added guys like John Brown and Wilson uh, Sneed to the receiving core to add depth. They got a Keenan Drake, a guy who was great with the Dolphins, wasn't so great with the Car with the Cardinals, but long story short, he's behind jo Josh Jacobs. And it's a great one-two tandem. Probably one of the best one-two tandems in the league, in my opinion. In my opinion. I mean, this guy has a chance and opportunity as a backup to have at least 600 yards, maybe even more, depending on what kind of offense um, Gruden wants for the Raiders. You know? 
But to have this tandem is a crazy tandem. The offensive line does look worse than it did last year. But we'll see what happens. We'll see if the offensive line holds back this offense from meeting its full expectation. But, ladies and gentlemen, if this team really wanted to improve, it seems like they, they took the opportunity and chance to really focus on defense. They added multiple players to this defense. They added Quinton Jefferson, a defensive tackle that just last year played for the Buffalo Bills. They got Yannick Naku, who played for the Jaguars, who played for Minnesota, and he played for another team. Oh, the Ravens. He played for the Ravens. Gerald McCoy, who's a great uh, pass-rushing defensive tackle, who was supposed to play for the Cowboys last season and end up getting hurt and not playing at all. He was just recently added. They added Solomon Thomas, who was a defensive tackle slash tight, uh, defensive end for the 49ers. They just picked up Denzel Perriman, or Perryman, a guy who was supposed to be a starting linebacker in the Panthers uh, before the preseason. It seems like the Panthers didn't see... A uh, good chemistry with him, so they traded him to the Raiders. And a guy who's switching teams within the division, Casey Hayward Jr., so, which is, helps the secondary get even stronger. And they drafted uh, safety Tavon Morig. Uh, hopefully I'm saying his name wrong, but the defense looks better. But why did the defense have to improve later? Why did, why did this team have to focus on defense? Well, ladies and gentlemen, this team was 8-8, eight and eight, but at the same time, they probably lost games because the defense was giving up nearly 30 points per game. That's horrible. They were giving up uh, over 380 yards per game. That is not a team that, that will make, that not just make the playoffs, but go deep into the playoffs. Because if they can't be good at least in stopping the run, or at least stopping uh, the good at um, against the uh, passing, they're not going to go anywhere. But if the defense does improve... And look better. And if there are young wide receivers improve, like improve, this team could win 10 to 11 games. And just like the Broncos, they will be contending for a playoff spot. But the Chargers, ladies and gentlemen, they finished 7 and 9. And Justin Herbert had an amazing year. He probably had one of the was one of the top quarterbacks that you didn't hear about because he secretly threw and rushed. 36 times, 36 times, and, and I bet you a majority of you didn't even know that. Out of all the quarterbacks that had to replace guys who've been on teams for 10 years or more, this guy is next in line to look amazing. You know, Eli Manning retired. We don't know, no Giant fan really knows what kind of quarterback they're getting this upcoming season with Daniel Jones. The P Pats had... Tom Brady, they got rid of him. They bought Newton, didn't see what they wanted. Now they got Mac Jones, uh, Mac Jones potentially being their future, but they don't know what they're getting with him, and so on and so forth. But the Chargers have found their replacement for Phillip Rivers and the next quarterback for the next 10 to 15 years, depending on injuries. Offensively, I have no questions. Again, they, they thought that offensive line was the main focus on their on their offense, so they drafted Rashawn Slater to be the new left tackle. They signed Corey Lensley to be the new, the new um, center. They added Jared Cook to replace Hunter Henry, who signed with the Pats. So offensively, they still look great. Now on to the defense, which could be two different kinds of defenses, depending on the health of one player. 
So the biggest question on the defense is Darwin James Jr., a great safety. Prior to him getting hurt in 2019, he was considered probably one of the top safeties in the league. But within the last two seasons, he has played less than, wait, this 32, blah, 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 blah. he has played less than 27 games. He's been missing. He's been missing in the last 27 games for this San Diego Chargers. Or probably, I, I, are they called Los Angeles Chargers? Probably are, and I'm making a mistake there, but I don't care. Anyway, him being potentially healthy changes the team, this this defense to, to potentially being good to potentially being even an elite defense. So having a great offense and having great defense is two great things. The question of the day is, do they progress? Do they get even better? This this Herbert have a sophomore slump and hurt the chances of this team going into the playoffs. What happens to this team? You know, they, get, they I I think they could be a twelve and five team and make the playoffs. In my opinion, because they're they're a dual threat. They're a team that's good on offense and a team that's good on defense. And considering the teams like Cleveland, who gave up over four hundred yards last year. Chargers look like a team that, that has even better defense than them and have even better options on offense. But we'll see what happens. Anything can happen. Suspensions happen. Trades happen. And the new thing that could potentially hurt many teams from winning games is the whole COVID situation, which means you have to forfeit a game. Anyway, but the team most likely going to win this division is the Chiefs. The Chiefs were 14-2 last season. Lost in the Super Bowl to the Buccaneers. But if you are a fan like me who look at small little details, you would say that not having Eric Fisher, the starting left tackle, and the starting right tackle, Mitchell Shorts, both guys who were always considered top 10 at their position, not playing in the Super Bowl, and then having a guy like Mike Rimmers, who is known to be a right guard and right tackle, having to start a new position in the left side. Left side. He didn't have five games to really learn the position. He didn't even have one month or two months to really practice being a left tackle. He was just thrown into being the left tackle in the Super Bowl because they had no options. So the offensive line looked horrible, and the defense of the Bucks manhandled the offensive line and made Mahomes look like an average quarterback. So what did the Chiefs do? Well, before the Chiefs made any moves to the offensive line, they released the, released the two guys who who didn't even play the Super Bowl and Eric Fisher and Mitchell Shorts. And just when you thought, man, maybe now the Chiefs are going to start getting bad due to this whole salary cap situation. But they didn't. They got creative. They added Orlando Brown who wanted out of the Ravens because he did not want to be a right tackle. He wanted to be a left tackle. But ladies and gentlemen, the Baltimore Ravens had Ronnie Stanley, who's a great left tackle. So now they got Orlando Brown. They got one of the best offensive guards available in Joel Tangy, Tingy, whatever his name is. And they have a great new left tackle. I mean, left guard. And then they drafted Creed Humphrey, who's a great young center. So their offensive line has improved. The question of the day is how much. We never, we'll never know unless the season starts. But in my eyes, it has improved. This team looks like it definitely win 13 or 14 win, uh, wins this se upcoming season. A highly chance of uh, just not just winning the division, not even a lot just to win the division, 
but a lock to at least make the AFC Conference. I don't know if there's going to be a spoiler. Any any team that could potentially stop the Chiefs from winning uh, the AFC Conference, but as of right now, they are locked to at least make that. They are locked to potentially make make the Super Bowl. And ladies and gentlemen, the division is going to go to the Chiefs. With second place is the Chargers, third place is the Raiders, and in last place the Broncos. So all teams have a chance to make 500, which is impressive in my eyes. Well, let's see what happens with teams. It seemed like this past preseason that just finished, majority of the starters did not play, played a lot less than normal than, than most preseasons. This, uh, this past preseason, preseason went from four games that was considered normal to three games, to even giving teams two weeks off prior to the season. We'll see what that does for most teams. It's a new outlook. It's a new way of approaching the season. And then this season is even different for the fact that the whole COVID situation is still on our back. It's nowhere nowhere, uh, go nowhere gone and not something that we're going to neglect this upcoming season, but it's still around. There are teams that are, are fully vaccinated. There are other teams that are not fully vaccinated. Things will be interesting. The breaking news, ladies and gentlemen, as I was preparing this, this podcast a release happened. A shocking release happened in the NFL. Cam Newton is released from the Pats. Mac Jones is the new quarterback of the Pats. He had a Mac Jones had a, a marvelous preseason. But ladies and gentlemen, it's preseason. So long story short, Jones is the new quarterback, and former MVP Cam Newton is released. Where does Cam Newton go? There was rumors that he doesn't want to get the vaccine and he's against it. But there's a chance, ladies and gentlemen, he could go back to Carolina because does Sam Donald really look like the solution in, in, in Carolina? Does he go to Washington and reunite with Von Rivera? Or does he go to the Texans? Because let's be realistic, the Texans are not going to have Deshaun Watson and... Let's be realistic. Cam Newton is better than Tyler as a starting quarterback. So that may be a potential destination. We don't know. And ladies and gentlemen, Nick Foles and Joe Flacco made the roster. Two former starting Super Bowl quarterbacks are going to be third string quarterbacks in this season. Bearing any trades, bearing any released, bearing any shocking news that they'll do within the next couple of days or hours or after this podcast. But crazy situation, two former Super Bowl winning quarterbacks are third string quarterbacks on, on two teams. Crazy. Well, ladies and gentlemen, my Mets fans, my Mets players showed their fans the other day on Sunday, this past Sunday, thumbs down in response to boos to the fans that were booing them. Personally, I never understand when fans want to want to boo a coach. And players, how is that? How does that make the team better? How does that motivate the team? Anybody have any, any answer to that? How does that make the team better? I I never understand that 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 um response from fans. That was never me. Like you're gonna boo them, and then you expect them to want to come back and play hard for teams that for for fans that don't appreciate them. You know, listen. Sometimes some players don't play well because managers and coaches don't put them in the right situation. And they know they're not, they're not putting them in the right situation. But they do it anyway. 
but players like Javi Byers got had got a heavy backlash for his thumbs down. Sandy Olsen had a press conference and said, we don't agree with this. He shared his dislike for it. Well, the fans got an apology from Baez and from Lindor. Um, today's game, uh, Baez got um, booed from the fans. Listen, ladies and gentlemen. You don't boo fans and don't be so sensitive. You boo them. I saw the, the whole thumbs down by Javi Baez as a way that the team is trying to unite and show the, t the, the fans that we're not done yet. We're going to try to get back in this wild card play, uh, race. We're going to try our best to get in the division race. This season's not over. And we're going to use the motivation of you booing us to unite us and help us prosper and make it so that when we make the playoffs, we, we will want to hug each other in unity and say, look, what you did to motivate us, help us win and unite as a ball club. Some people would be against what I just said, but maybe that's just me. I don't know. Off to more news, ladies and gentlemen. So, in the NBA, Rajay Vonda was bought out. He was just recently traded. Rajay Vonda was just traded from the LA Clippers to the Memphis Grizzlies. Well, the Grizzlies says, we don't want you to be the backup. We're going to buy you out. And just when he was bought out, the Lakers were <laughs> sniffing and saying, we need his leadership. But man, Rajay Rondo, why is such a soft move? Why do you want to go to a team that already made two moves for their point guard position, upgrade for their position? Why do you want to go there? Why do you want to go to a team that most likely that you're going to go there and you're just going to be an extra coach? You're Haslam for, for the uh, Haslam. The way Haslam is for the Heat, you're going to be that for the Lakers. You're not going to start. You're not going to get 20 minutes. You're not going to get an opportunity to shine and show that you still can contribute to any team. It's a soft move. This league is soft, in my opinion. I don't like this move. I hate this move. The idea that he's choosing an easy way to win a championship, an easy way to, to, to not contribute but yet win a championship and act like he did something important to this team, by signing with this team because he's not going to do anything important. Let's be realistic. He's not going to get a winning three. He's not going to make an assist or do a move because he's not going to play 20 minutes or more. He's not going to even be included in the fourth quarter in its close game. Let's be realistic. He's not. And this after him being bought out, there's rumor that DeAndre Jordan is rumored to wanting to be this rumor to be bought out and he's being linked to the Lakers. Come on, DeAndre. Really, bro, you don't want to do that. Why do you want to go to a team that already signed Dwight Howard, has Anthony Davis and others, where you're not going to get 25 minutes or more? Don't you want to be a contributing factor, a guy who helps a team win? Or do you just want to ride the branch and do some crazy handshake with LeBron and, and flip the water bottle and, and do something crazy in the bench, but not contribute in any kind of capacity? I just don't, I don't understand how... This is something that the NBA players want to do. I just don't understand it. It is crazy. If it wasn't for the Knicks making the playoffs this previous season, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to watch this league. This is an embarrassment. This is an, this is a team. You know, you'll never see it in the in Major League Baseball where the top five starters who who get released or traded or or what have you all sign with the Yankees. And then all the be best uh, relievers go sign with the Yankees. And all the best uh, position players all play with the Yankees. 
You you never see you will never see a guy like David Ortiz, not David Ortiz, Kyle Ripken Jr. Never won a World Series ever with the Baltimore Orioles. Say in his last year, you know what? I want to go to the Yankees. They're locked to make the playoffs. They're locked to make the World Series. I'm going to go sign with them. But I could still hit 20 home runs. I could still get 80 RBIs. I could still play decent uh, third base, third base defense. I'm going to go play with the Yankees and not even get an opportunity to swing. Just be a, a fly on the wall who sees Joe Torre and Derek Jeter and Scott Brocious and whoever else uh, play. But I'm going to ride the bench because, you know what? I want an easy championship. You know, you wouldn't see that even in the NFL. Cam Newton, I don't, I believe, will go to the Texans just for the sheer factor of that he has a chance to start and not go to a team and be a backup the whole season like the Cowboys. Maybe that's just me, but I don't agree with that. Kevin Love was rumored to, to potentially being progressing or rumored to get bought out by Cleveland because Cleveland has made tons of moves for the power forward center position. They don't really need Kevin Love. And Kevin Love says, I I'm not interested. Which is kind of awkward because don't you want to win? You know, you you you're the you're like the guy who's just staying too long, longer than he should. Why are you still with the team that basically allowed guys like Carrie Irving and LeBron James leave and they didn't really replace them? They just allow you to stay there and basically the same let, let's buy you out. Let's give you a chance to compete and, and be a good team. He says no. He says he wants to stay with Cleveland. He's not interested in a buyout, and he's interested in staying. You know, I hope this, this works out for him. I hope I hope he stays healthy. I hope this is something that works out to his favor. But kind of crazy that he wants to stay in a team that's probably destined to be in the NBA lottery uh, position yet again after the season. Just crazy. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that is my episode. Follow me on Instagram on Truth and Reality. Tell me you just DM me. Tell me what you don't like about the podcast. Tell me if I left any information out. Tell me what you don't like. Tell me if I speak too fast. Because I have a tendency to do that. And sometimes the words that I think sound eloquently, that sounds great coming out of my mouth, sometimes doesn't sound great because I'm speaking too fast. And it sounds more like the, the teachers from Charlie Brown, Peanuts. But anyway, this is the Truth and Reality Podcast. Subscribe to me on Apple so you'll be in Spotify so you will be aware of the new episodes that are available. I'm your host, Anthony Roman, reporting middle of nowhere. Have a great day and even better night. Have a great day, ladies and gentlemen.